Hello friends, how you doing? Um, welcome to the first episode of the Trapidemic podcast. Um, inaugural episode. So, thank you for listening and getting in on the ground floor. And uh, hopefully we get to talk to some interesting people once a week. And you know, if people are listening, we'll do we'll do more than more than once a week. Um, it's an opportunity to talk to interesting people from different fields, different backgrounds, psychology, uh, physics, sociology, all sorts of natural sciences, athletes, just people generally, you know, it's great to have a conversation with and hear people's perspective on the world and uh, stuff, yeah, so um, yeah, the very first episode today is with uh, my my friend Johnny Ryan, uh, I described as a psychedelic adventurer. Um, he's a psychologist, a researcher into psychedelics and um, their uses. Uh, his study in transpersonal psychology and parapsychology, and uh, you know, I guess a bit of social psychology in there too, with his with his uh, psychedelic community. And, uh, yeah, we talk about all sorts of stuff, man. We talk about psychedelics. We talk about mindset and sports. And we talk about, we don't really touch on politics. But, uh, you know, we talk about all kinds of stuff, man. We just get going. We talk about education as well. Yeah, it's just the way these conversations are going to go. They're going to flow. And and we're all here together, you know. It's good to have you guys with us. Um... For the first few minutes of the podcast, the uh, Johnny's volume is down slightly. Um, he was a little far from the mic, uh, and it wasn't picking it up too well as it was when we when we warmed up with it. So uh, I fixed it a couple minutes in. You can hear him great, and you can hear him fine. And yeah, so if it's a bit quiet for you, don't worry; it will pick up. It's all good. And yeah, welcome. Thank you for listening. All right. And that's it. We're on. Excellent. Let's do this. How you doing? Yeah, I'm out. I'm good. I'm good. Would you um describe your title as? My title? Yeah, what are you as a researcher? What do you do? Um, I am... Well, on, on many things, in my head anyway, I'm a researcher in positive psychology, um, critical social psychology. It's something I'm starting to dip into. Um, parapsychology, which is the study of animalist uh, sort of paranormal phenomena, ghosts, telepathy, precognition, um, alien abductions that that kind of thing groovy shit me yeah okay and uh the other thing as well which i've which the last well the last couple of years i've became particularly interested in is uh transpersonal psychology so the psychology of spirituality and transcendental experiences mystical yeah uh ego shattering experiences and um that that kind of ties in with um sort of my recent uh, psychedelic research into uh, ayahuasca um, and LSD, um, so that's that's kind of what got me to the 
yeah psychedelics so you have experience with psychedelics yes yeah go do tell do tell go yeah okay okay um well i I used to smoke um a bit of weed uh, back in my undergraduate days um only only small only small doses as they'd say um and it would i wouldn't have any sort of uh hallucinations or um anything drastic like any drastic changes in my consciousness yeah um but it i did sense that there is um something more than ordinary um day-to-day consciousness and obviously you know before that i was going out two times maybe three times a week just getting smashed out my face as you do yeah as you do yeah and that was the only (laughs) alter state of consciousness i've already been exposed to so when i when i was introduced to cannabis um it really opened me up to sort of the different uh states that you can enter um so i've done that for a few years and then i went to amsterdam with the intention to smoke high grade you know good cannabis um I just wanted to go out and just experiment with, with all, you know, yeah. with all the strains. Um, and I, yeah, I ended up getting really high, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really strong uh, indica strains. And then um, I went to a, a smart shop. I, I didn't even know these things uh, existed. So uh, what are they? What's a smart shop? Uh, a smart shop is like a, uh, it's like a legal psychedelic shop where they sell Oh, like um, truffles and stuff? And yeah, they sell okay. uh, psychedelic truffles. Um, they sell certain seeds for psychedelic plants. They don't actually have certain ones. But the yeah. because the truffles are grown underground like potatoes, that's what makes them legal, even though they're chemically the same as psilocybin. Oh. It just has a different name. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. That's like a crazy loophole. Yeah, yeah. So grown underground means they're legal? Apparently, yeah. Well, in 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 the Netherlands, anyway. I, I don't know about the UK here, um, oh. but that, but that's what made it legal. Um, so so anyway, I had these. Um, I had I think it was ten milligrams of uh, dolphin um, sort of uh, truffles in my in my hotel room. <laughs> okay. Um, about I don't know twenty stories or whatever, and the wall started. Um, changing like that all these um ancient uh mayan azatecan patterns started um did it like did they look like patterns or did you feel that they were ancient patterns did you just know somehow from my vision it it was as real as whatever real is so you just knew that they were old you could just see that it was real absolutely You you could look yeah you could look away from the wall and then turn back and you'd see the same thing so it wouldn't it wouldn't change after after you change your vision. It's it's always there. And See, and that's gnarly. So it's in perspective. Yeah. So if I move somewhere, if I'm looking at that post on the wall, yeah. and I move somewhere else in the room, yeah. and I look back, it'd still be in the same place. Yeah. Even though I've moved. yeah. See, that's crazy. And and see, going back to those two that you're looking at right now, all like all pieces of art or all posters um became alive and moving and, and became like a story that's nuts for example the waves behind you like of, of that picture of a, like an ocean like you, you'd you'd be immersed in into whatever picture that the artist is trying to 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 paint and wow. that was one of the really crazy things on that um i also 
saw a black cat <laughs> appear in my hotel room, which was that I me? knew. <laughs> well, <laughs> bad luck. But um, no, but that obviously, well, you'd you'd think that you wouldn't just have a cat in in your hotel no. room. I, I couldn't tell because I was I was. You didn't know what was real. Exactly See, you don't know if the cat's real. That'd be weird. Yeah. Because the cat might be real. Yeah. It might have just been a real cat that just the, came into your room. There was all this fog on on the ground. You could barely see see your feet. There was just mist on on the ground. Very eerie. What do you think that experience is? Do you think it's? Do you think it's hallucinogens? Do you think you're hallucinating even? Do I think? I'm do you think it's all made up in your brain? Made up in my brain. Yeah. Or, um, or are you seeing some other kind of reality? Or, or I mean, I, I'm, I'm only talking from my... Intu- I'm quite intuitive. And yeah. a lot of my perspectives come back to that to that kind of... That personal intuition rather than perhaps sort of the reductionist biological um, right. approach. Um, but for me, when, when, I, when I have these profound psychedelic experiences... I feel like I'm I'm tapping into um, some kind of sacred um, knowledge that right. humans that almost that humans shouldn't be able to to access. And when I the the best the best way I can describe it, Alex, is when I have psychedelic trips. Um, the clo- the closest word I can find to describe them is is like magic. It's mm. like encountering real magic in front of your eyes. For example, I could be writing down notes on a notepad, and and the words would just fall off. For example, um, portals can can open up in walls. Nature becomes a lot moving in 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 geometrical, very complex geometrical patterns. Um, for example, your your thoughts become amplified, your emotions become amplified, your feelings become amplified, and, th- and for me, it's. It's, it's it's it is you know the the cliche of expanding your consciousness mm. and you are tapping into different uh i don't know different uh realms of consciousness that you can't usually tap into i'm sold <laughs> i'm in <laughs> yeah you know the reason i asked about what whether you think you can sort of whether it's real or hallucinogen hallucinogenic yeah mm-hmm. or you're hallucinating is because you know, when I mentioned about the perspective with the, the picture on the wall, yeah, just that thought that, you know, our brain is doing so much that we aren't aware of anyway. So, for example, like most of what we're looking at is made up by our brain, so our peripheries anyway. So we're really only focused on small amounts of data at any one time. Yeah. So that's why I was kind of getting to think, well, what do you think about hallucinogens, whether you're actually experiencing the world as it really is, um, or alternate realities or different dimensions or whatever the, which stuff that breaks my brain or uh, is it just your brain playing tricks on you is, is it this thing that's the, fucking you up the thing is Alex in, in the psychedelic field in, um, in many fields in, in transpersonal in, in consciousness studies the, the main question that's been troubling us is is everything just a projection of our minds or is everything what we call ontologically real mm-hmm. is it actually um and you know i've been <laughs> i've been with this question for a, you know a good few years now and <laughs> I, I i haven't come any closer to a you know or i'm just in the middle and i i can't work out <laughs> because 
too subjective, isn't it? Well, it's like water and oil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's. There's no really way. There's no way to measure whether what you're seeing is is the way it really is because our tools are with what we measure of our senses. Sure. So even all the scientific tools we develop. I say we, I've not developed any, <laughs> but the scientific tools that people develop. Yeah. Um, I mean, even those are limited by our senses, so they have to have some kind of output that we understand. So I'm looking at this screen that has the output of our audio. Yeah. And it's little dials and whistles and pictures and shit. And that's, I understand that, right? Because it's, I'm taking that in through my senses. You're taking in what I'm saying through your senses. You're seeing me wave my hands, you're seeing talk yeah. through the microphone, you're hearing me talk. So everything's limited by what we can observe i can't observe what you're thinking that's the problem of consciousness that's yeah. the whole issue we don't know if it's real because we can't measure it mm -hmm. but there's something that's being a human that we don't think dogs or whatever have some people think dogs some people think rocks have it yeah but there's something about it that we can't measure and that's why i think it's difficult to do anything with hallucinogens it's difficult to actually say what are we measuring what's changed here because again, it, you, it might just be your the chemicals fucking with your brain. It could be sure, anything. Sure. We might not be observing anything. There, there has been certain um, controlled experiments carried out which have attempted to um, measure certain uh, cognitive distortions and perceptual distortions. For, exa for example, in, in um, parapsychology, there are certain um, psi experiments and ESP tests mm. which which suggest that you are more sensitive and prone to um, extrasensory perception during the psychedelic um, state although of course it is it's not um, perhaps the easiest method to carry out because when your participants are you know yeah tripping <laughs> out of their minds as they yeah. say you don't want to put them in a lab and make them do experiments and stuff yes yeah there i could imagine that would be pretty it's going to spoil your trip, I think. Yeah, and then there's the ethical side. It's actually uh, gaining consent from ethics committees to um, have psychedelic research approved. You know, just to, it's hard enough um, from my experience, even just getting research um, approved. You know, in terms of asking people about their experiences, let alone injecting it. <laughs> yeah, is it dangerous though? The substances themselves? Can you um, overdose on LSD? You can, if because um, like I weed you even... can't like yeah there's not an amount yeah you well, can eat well, enough there, uh, well you can have enough no i think it was it's you'd have to smoke like four thousand something in 15 minutes which physically is not possible yeah it's something like that it, so there is an amount that would kill you but you with, can't actually smoke that quick with lsd it's the same principle i can't right. put a number on it but it's it's even greater than the ridiculousness of overdosing on cannabis right okay so um, technically, there is an amount that would kill you, but you can't consume it that quick <laughs> for it to actually yeah, kill you. Yeah, something like that. Plus, I'd um, imagine at some point when the trip kicks in, you're going to stop eating it. Well, <laughs> it, say, say you're going to you, stop taking it. Bear in mind that, you know, people have, you know, literally, uh, it might be just be, you know, a drop of LSD and that would make you trip for four to eight hours Jeez. if you're glugging down a bottle of lsd you're going to pass out you're not going to be able to finish that that glug you're going to be on the floor uh, paralytic tripping out your mind <laughs> how you, quick does it hit you then um because that sounds like it hits quite quick sure i mean from my experiences it takes about an hour and the first half an hour or, or for me nothing happens and i'm thinking oh for god's sake 
<laughs> is this even is this even that's the is there even trap, any drugs in this that's the edible trap sure people eat half a cookie and then think nothing's happening i'll have the whole cookie and then they meet the devil yes and go to the hospital and think they're dying yes yeah. yes yes that's what happens um but the, i mean especially with truffles I, I found this not so much with lsd lsd is a little bit more subtle with truffles it's like becoming really high and you become really uh, lethargic um, all you want to do is just lie on your bed and just, you know, <laughs> stretch out and just go into um, the experience. And then you can feel you can feel something. It's like um, some kind of force that's that's coming up, yeah. some kind of energy. With LSD, um, the thing that you are meant to look out for <laughs> is um, just uh, colors changing. So, for example, looking at the sky and the sky turns purple. Something <laughs> obvious that you know is wrong. Yes. Then you know yes. you're in a trip. Yes. Because a dog starts quoting Shakespeare yeah. or something weird, then you know <clears throat> you've lost your mind. <laughs> the weird thing is with LSD is when you start, you know, ascending into the trip, what, what you know, for example, the sky being purple, to us right now, that would be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But when you're coming up in that trip, it just it just looks normal. And you have to consciously realise, oh, my God, I'm actually tripping. And but by the time you have the thought of I'm tripping, <laughs> your thoughts kind of just melt away. Yeah. And then the trip kind of just, you know, comes in. Um, it looks so real that you don't question it. It's like the sky is purple right now. Wait a minute. I have a memory that the sky is actually blue. Shit, the sky's purple. I'm tripping. That that's pretty cool. That, that's a good analogy. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. It's crazy that it's so real to you, though. Mm-hmm. And what does that feel afterwards? When does that feel bad after that life's normal and the sky's blue again? Well, it, weird? it depends on the the contents of your trip. They say that LSD um, produces uh, heaven or hell. So you ever have this mystical, heavenly, positive, uh, ineffable experience where you come back and all you want to do is spread love and hug trees and, <laughs> and just be grateful for being alive. And then some people have trips where they literally enter, heart, enter hell um, and have very negative, frightening experiences, which can lead to, for some people, post-traumatic stress disorder, at least in the short term. Mm. Um, so it depends on the content of the trip, and, and, and that, affects, that directly affects your perception afterwards. That's quite interesting. The post-traumatic growth thing is quite interesting because that's something that I talk about in mm -hmm. psychology. So I do some things about positive, uh, about uh, post-traumatic growth. Yeah. So that growth, that that transformation that comes from from good trips, fine, but from bad trips, that may be post-traumatic growth. It may be some kind of, you know, I've seen hell, or I've seen that the way I'm living my life's bad for my body, or whatever. And uh, now I'm going to be a raw vegan who just drinks water, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like revealing. But then is it revealing a subconscious thing that you know anyway? Like, mm -hmm. you know you should stop smoking. Yeah. Or, or whatever it is. I know I should stop doing eight balls of cocaine a night. Mm -hmm. But the LSD trip revealed to me that I should stop doing eight balls of cocaine. Well, you know that because it's, in, it's mm -hmm. on TV. You shouldn't do yeah. that. You know, you, you know, there is just revealing something you already know. What, what psychedelics do is they dissolve boundaries. I think that's the best way to describe them in any, right. almost in any situation. Um, and one of the boundaries it dissolves is your ego. Okay. And the ego is the thing that clings on to addiction, clings on to 
uh, dopamine rush so smoking gambling uh, excessive alcohol drinking mm. um, sex and once your ego becomes broken down in that psychedelic state it's like you you start it's almost like you see a mirror reflection of yourself and you become more aware of um yeah you become more aware of your of your habits and your um almost your autopilot um uh yeah behaviors that you carry on on a day-to-day basis which you may do which you may have done for years without even given second thought to smoking right and then suddenly the psychedelic trip may um it may make your chest really tight and you then um, at that point realize oh my god um wow th- th- all this smoking has made my is made my lungs like you know um saw this this isn't good body like i can feel organs like yeah i've heard people say things like that before about feeling their organs yeah and feeling they have an issue with whatever uh-huh um like even injuries so like a physical injury like you hurt your ankle or whatever yeah like you can feel what needs to be done sure like i can feel my ankle is weak yeah even when before the injury so an injury over time that would get worse mm-hmm. so like a, a ligament issue in your knee or something mm-hmm. like i can feel that my knee is weak i've heard people say things like that before it's kind of strange it's like a yeah it is like a an extra sense an extra perception of yeah what's going on it just heightens your consciousness and you know it makes you become more aware of everything <laughs> yeah. so that includes your your bones your, your organs um your skin the way you smell you become more conscious of that you see that sounds super interesting right that needs study and it needs to be looked at but the problem is hippies because why is that a problem because then it gets weird what wait define what you mean by hippie i think we all know what we mean when we say hippies so like wearing purple corduroy flares right giant boot you know what i mean like talking about the cosmos and expanding that's the problem i have with the term expanding consciousness that it becomes a bit like well what does that even what is that what does that even mean Mm -hmm. when people who the psychedelic not necessarily the psychedelic community but i think you know what i mean i just can't put it into words those kinds of people who they are yeah but word salad people sorry say that again word salad Right. So when they're talking, it's they've not said anything. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, talking yeah. about spirit, and it happens in transpersonal psychology. Mm-hmm. They're not talking scientifically. They're not actually objectively measuring something. Yeah, everything's subjective, and nothing makes sense. Mm-hmm. Everything's like we are one drop in this ocean. We are one leaf in this tree, or the trees speak to us. Mm-hmm. Well, what, you've not said anything. You mm-hmm. spoke for three minutes and said not a word. What? Right, and I think that's. I think those kind of people are around the psychedelic community, aren't they? It. It's not just. And, I, and I, I get what you're saying about those certain individuals, but it's not just those individuals. I think it's all sections of, of people from society. Okay. Um, seem to have an opinion, and they think it's there, but it's not theirs because of you know the reading that they've done. Right. They haven't formulated their own opinion. They're regurgitating. Yeah, and that happens saying. a lot with this hippie, isn't it? And it's like hippie is the old term, I guess, because mm-hmm. in the sixties, I'd be hippie as fuck. Right. <laughs> like super liberal Toast. lefty yeah too far left <laughs> so i'm i'm liberal but yeah. I, I feel sad that there's not enough actual liberals sure, do you sure. know what i mean yeah most people who are super left are basically the right but on the left side uh-huh. do you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah that's why they're punching nazis and, and 
kicking yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. And you you have to be an ally to the cause. Yeah, yeah. Rather than we're all fucking people. Yeah. yeah no, you yeah, have to yeah. be an ally to their cause. Yeah. And that super duper left, I think, has uh, there's a lot of people in the psychedelic community that are that. Mm-hmm. Like the sixties hippies, the peace and love. And yes, there's a lot of I mean the scientists you're one. Mm-hmm. You know, David Luke. There's all kinds of guys in this country and all kinds of people yeah. in this country. Uh, and men and women of the world doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, breaking convention. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you want to talk about that in a bit as well. But Absolutely. Um, there's, there's there's things going on in the psychedelic community. MAPS doing their thing with um, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, therapeutic uses mm-hmm. of LSD and of mushrooms, psilocybin and, and, you know, of MDMA and all those kinds of stuff. But there is still this stigma attached to the community of the hippy dippy bullshit that is around and it's not just sorry it's not just the lsd community it is this super weirdo community that it's almost like you know i'm more esoteric than you Mm -hmm. i can say more nonsense (laughs) than you can say nonsense right and we're all guilty of it sometimes Mm -hmm. because we all feel things that are so like someone will make a difficult shot or I'll talk about basketball or whatever. Yeah. And it won't, to people who hate sports, to hate team sports, it will sound really stupid. So I'm talking about, you know, the movement and the flow and how basketball is like jazz and all of this. And it's all like, and to them, they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's just putting a ball in a hoop. I think that's the same thing the other way around. So people are looking at this psychedelic stuff and hippie stuff. Yeah. And they're just talking shit. Mm-hmm. Just to appear more, I don't know, cosmic or whatever the oh, words they use. Revolutionary. Yeah, okay. it's kind of like I can be more of a, I can be more one with myself, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck that means, <laughs> than you can. Do you know? Sure. I think that's what people are doing, and I worry that that's what's, that's the bad rap that psychedelics get. Yeah, that I, you get those people, and weed gets it too. Weed yeah. gets it with the oh yeah. come on man. Weed gets it with the jobless mm-hmm. stoner. Yeah. When you can be completely functional and smoke weed. Mm-hmm. We've got two people right here in front of microphones doing, <laughs> doing something. You can be completely functional. Yeah. You know, it's only because it's fucking half 12 that I've not got weed now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, Alex. So, <laughs> so you can be completely functional. Yeah. Um, and I think it gets a bad rep. Yeah. Yeah. Let me paint a picture. So the psychedelic community or the... <laughs> You know, as you said, I'll, I'll use your terminology. The the hippies that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm not great with words. No, not not at all, not at all. <laughs> so the, the the hippies that are perhaps not so much into the science. They're yeah. in, They're into their Terence McKenna, Alan Watts. Yeah. You know, philosophy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they listen to Joe Rogan podcasts. Uh, right. They listen to um, Graham Hancock's uh, <laughs> theories on ancient civilizations, etc. Um, that's all well and good, but like, as you rightly said, we need that objective, scientific. Yeah, it's interesting inquiry stuff. It needs in, to be looked at into it. But the accounts from because in these communities there are many people uh, who call themselves psychonauts or yeah. psychedelic explorers. That's why I asked you what you describe yourself as. I was kind of seeing <laughs> that. Yeah. No, no. I, so I, just I w- explain what that is. For sure, sure, sure. Um, so a psychonaut is someone who routinely, and this could be 
This could be twice a year. This could be four times a year. This could be six times a year. It, it could be every week. It could be every Friday. Um, is people that consistently enter the psychedelic realms through different means, psilocybin, DMT, LSD, salvia divinorum. What's um, that? Salvia divinorum. <laughs> um, very strange drug. I'll, I'll get onto that in okay, a, yeah, in a please moment. Okay, yeah, Let me write that down. So yes, yes, very powerful drug. <laughs> Salvia divinorum. Salvia, but I've not, I don't know what that is. I've no idea. Sorry, go on. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so, and these people enter these trips. Um, some, some go in low dose, some go in very high dose and completely lose sense of their self. They uh, encounter archetypal beings. They Some may encounter what they perceive as God. Um, uh, so, some enter like an alien spaceship for example um very very you know very very out there stories hmm. and these accounts are important because the psychedelic community can learn from them we can learn about other people's trips we can learn about what they've encountered we can map out the psychedelic space from from you know even the layman's experiences I guess, like if, mm -hmm. so you have random people having the same kind of experiences describing the same sorts of archetypal beings mm -hmm. without any contact with each other but then i guess the the problem then is they're exposed to i'm always devil's advocate but Please i'm even be. devil's advocate to myself that was a great that's like a great idea corroborating seeing if there's some kind of link stuff and then in the other side of my brain is like ah but they're all exposed to the same media mm -hmm. so you watch the same movies so they're gonna see the same archetypal beings or the same kind of archetypal beings not necessarily uh, well, there, there is a there is perhaps uh, uh, I suppose it's curve. So sixty five percent of people, the average psychedelic user, will read the same media, will read the contents. But you know, as you go on to the outer edges, you may have some people who aren't who wouldn't even consider themselves as like you said as hippies, but they may be artists or scientists or students uh, or so lawyers they, they have a different sort of media yes uh, yes so basically what you're advocating is more people do drugs <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're saying right you're saying more people who, who experience different things should do psychedelics that is not what i said <laughs> it sounds a lot like what you said but you know that makes i don't sense. disagree with it but <laughs> that makes sense yeah so but you see that's that's my socially mm -hmm. and what we experience day to day so much of that makes us what we do that it's simplistic to say that these people ex share the same experiences which some people people psychedelic users are sharing the same experiences you know this is they met god god was like this god was a woman god was nature they met god and all these people met the same sort of thing and talk about the same kind of thing whereas i would say the people that have mentioned the same sort of thing they're archetypes so archetypes is in everything we do it's in all religions it's in every human story every film every tv program they're all based off archetypes because that's what makes our stupid little monkey brain happy we like to see the heroic leader we like to see the um the fuck up of a person that becomes a good guy we like to see the rebel that's that's a flower inside do you know what i mean we like to see all those archetypes as well as the evil ones yeah yeah Everything we do revolves around those things. Harry Potter is archetypal. Mm -hmm. And look at how massive Harry Potter is, mm -hmm. for fuck's sake. 
Like everything we do revolves around archetypes because of our stupid little brains. And I think sometimes things are wider than we than we uh than we look at. We sort of reduce even when we're not being reductionist, mm-hmm. we re- we're still reducing in some way in psychology mm-hmm. because of how important the social is. So and it all comes down to that nature nurture debate. Just like consciousness always goes down to consciousness and then at the end of the debate you're like, Well we don't fucking know then, what's the point? Same thing happens with nature nurture. Everything comes down to you know, what kind of role our genes play and what role our social environment plays. So my worry is if stories are corroborating, is that just because of the archetypes we're all exposed to the same I stuff? don't want to paint the pit I don't want to paint the picture that everyone's having these same experiences. No. I think it's important to state that that there are certain overlaps but each individual trip for every person every time is uniquely different mm. and qualitatively different and that, I'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm talking more general people don't necessarily attribute their experiences to archetypal encounters um it could be as simple as as perceptual distortions and, right. and that's it for them and they walk away and you know, some people would say, "Oh, I didn't encounter anything sacred or or, or ancient or anything. Um, I was just high." Do you know if um, sort of skeptics are more likely to not encounter God? Because that would be weird if you were a complete skeptic. Yeah, one hundred percent. So not even a little niggling thought that there yeah. might be a God. Yeah, not even agnostic, like literally, well, completely I... atheist. Would it be weird if you? That, I think that would be far more weird than if you are a spiritually yeah. touchy-feely hippie kind of person to yeah. then experience mother nature i think that's less weird did they ever put um richard dawkins in the god helmet are you aware of that i don't know yeah see, see i i can't think off the top of my head because i i know that they were we need interested. To get laptops in here with screens <laughs> yeah we'll do that we'll get stuff so yeah. we can search some shit yeah um but i remember i think it was a few years ago there was talk about richard dawkins uh, undergoing the God Helmet, and for those of you that don't know, that the God Helmet, um, I believe it activates electrical impulses in, in in your brain, yeah, which which supposedly makes you or have the sensation of encountering God. Yeah, spiritual experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's taken it, but that that is a very interesting question. Um, there's certain people, and I can say this, who have had very scientific reductionist uh, experiences um and they've come across psychedelics and their their paradigm has changed and their worldview has changed mm. even from a scientific background before yeah that's i find that, that yeah that's what i find interesting mm. so what you're saying is donald trump should do mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> and that would change how he feels about puerto rico <laughs> <laughs> not to get political quickly i wouldn't say yeah, mushroom no. but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting though that it really does really can produce this massive shift in um i don't want to say shift in consciousness because then i sound like the hippies i was just bashing sure sure but a shift in in something a shift in perspective of what you think is important in the world mm-hmm. or what you think the world is yeah but again again there's no evidence for that the materialism is that is a worldview that you can produce evidence for. Well, in theory, that's that's why science exists. We're we're all trying to, yeah. Um, uh, we're, we're like monkeys, like just trying to 
you know understand this this ever complex and and uh, amazing world that we live in and and just trying to understand it and you know you, you see the discoveries yearly it's never like we get to a point where suddenly yeah. we, we've come to the conclusion no, no. it's no. this it's this continuous trial and error that just doesn't seem to have an end it, it it's that's what humans are yeah that's what we are we're tool we're tool builders mm-hmm. it's the reason we got to what we are it's the reason we've got this thing here mm-hmm. this microphone because we build stuff I say we. I've not built a microphone. I don't know how <laughs> the fuck this works. I talk in this, and the sound goes into this. But um, yeah, that's what we do. We make things. You know, a lone human in nature would be a dead human. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time. Mm-hmm. If you're not in a in a community. You're dead. Oh, Every other animal would is way better at us <laughs> than us at everything. We don't have sharp teeth. Yeah, we're not that strong. <laughs> Like chimps could pull our pulls up pull our limbs off. No, like we're not the the only thing humans <laughs> can physic physically do in a, in a in a physical environment is have the cognitive capacity to 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 build tools and to, and to build weapons and to and to build a fortress so we can you know yeah elevate ourselves over the ground. That's all we can do. That's in it. terms of survival. We, we build stuff. We're very, we're very, you know, especially you know the size of humans as well. We're very, we're very weak yeah. creatures physically. Um, I wouldn't say say necessarily, you know, millennials ago, but it seems to be in this modern. But I think era. even compared to everything else, even then, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Early well, they humans. still had spears. <laughs> yeah, but I, I can't imagine you know the earliest of humans being particularly much. They're going to be stronger than us in terms of the fact that. Um, Firstly, their food is real. Yeah. Their diet is real. Mm. Um, and they're constantly moving all day, chasing stuff to eat or climbing to pick things or climbing, running away from stuff or whatever. Yeah. So they're going to be stronger in that way, but stronger in a way that a human now is if they train mm-hmm. to do those things. Yeah. Um, you know, like rock climbers and stuff. But every other animal was way, is way more adapted to survive, I think, than we are. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean we're a bag of water. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what we. Yeah. We, uh, we've got nothing. We get, we get cold, and uh, but what we are is actually we adapt to environments, so we can mm-hmm. spread out over the. I say we again, humans spread out can spread out over the whole globe and adapt. Yeah, I'm a psychologist, so I'm talking out my ass. Now. <laughs> but um, we can spread out over the world and adapt to that situation. Yeah, which is why you know you have people of different skin colors from depending on the weather essentially in in the place yeah. and their ancestry um and people making the the crazy trip humans have to have this crazy optimism that we can be better that we can improve mm-hmm. otherwise why on earth would you leave your little community around the stream to cross the fucking bearing land bridge mm-hmm. which is ice the ice sheet and get to but it, it, america it's, it's just the the manifestation of of Again, it goes back to evolution, survival, dominance, shelter, safety. You know the the very, you know the very, um, you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm. Hu- humans are are a symbol of that, and no one, um, you know, falls out of that pyramid. Um, it's all about survival, food, shelter, water, and sex. <laughs> <laughs> you said that with some emphasis. <laughs> true <laughs> yeah that's the basic thing 
I mean, we spoke about it before. That that's why I think people like trolls on Twitter and stuff. Trolls. Trolls. Yeah, <laughs> okay. like that, and people being horrible to people. Yeah. Just people being dicks all day. Mm. Is because they don't have that fight. It's way too easy to. Yeah. Live. There's still the fight for sex. Obviously, you got to yeah. dress well and speak well. Whatever. Well, it's it's, e- it's e- Sorry. It's, sorry. Yeah. It's too easy to to get food. Yeah. It's too easy to live. No one's testing themselves every day. Yeah. We live in this very, well, this world that makes it very easy to be lazy um, and, quite frankly, you know, dumb. You haven't got to use your cerebral cortex Mm. because uh, you can just drive to McDonald's and and get your food there. Um, You want want to know anything, just go on Google. You know, everything is just there for us. Um, And we don't have to uh, go out of our way and, (laughs) you know, catch catch a prey. Um. So yeah. Yeah, that's it's too easy to live. It's too. E- I mean, I don't want it not to be easy. To live. <laughs> I'm not advocating we go back to me having to hunt and stuff. But it's t- it's far too easy. Mm-hmm. So people are bored. Mm-hmm. That's why I always think you know when when there's like drama in in a workplace. Mm-hmm. Um. So I used to teach in a secondary school. So there's lots of drama in a secondary school all the time. Yeah. And I used to think, is it why? Like, are you that bored? Don't do, I mean? Do I've you mean dra- Do you mean the students or the teachers? The teachers. The so teachers. Like a, in a ah. sort of fight with each other. Yeah. So the teachers are obviously your adrenaline's all riled up because you are. When I was in a bad school, but you are literally fighting to to get this lesson taught. Yeah. Because they just don't want to. They just want to mess around. Yeah. 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 Um, so it's difficult to do. So you're paying attention to all the reward systems and getting everything going and trying your best to change these children's opinion of themselves because that's the reason they're not working mm-hmm. because they think they can't. Yeah. So they pretend that they don't want to and that's the reason that they don't do it. Not yeah. because they can't, but because they don't want to, right? <laughs> and they're fighting, so that's fine. But then you come from that where you're, where you're fighting for that and you go into the staff room and there's these inner... <laughs> There's these inner battles where people are bad-mouthing each other to others and there's like a shit list of, of people who've done something that the brass doesn't like. And it's all... People are bored. And I was always just thinking to myself, I mean, I've got lots to do. Do you not have more to do mm-hmm. than to be bored and create these little games and argue with each other and yeah, yeah. cat fight and, like, just be nice. Go and, and the only people that... Honestly, the people that are like that the worst that I know don't work out. I was just thinking the same thing. They don't exercise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they don't exercise. Or if they exercise, they they don't really exercise. They don't push themselves. It's you not know, difficult. They just pe- run People that, that bitch or... or uh, generally, not in all cases, but people that bitch, people that mess around, people that pick on others. Yeah. It's that built-up stress Yeah. inside. They don't have a, a release for it, so they take it out, they take it out on the people around them. The insecurity. But, insecure low self-esteem yeah you know and that's where a lot of you know especially for students in school that's where a lot of problems come from low self-esteem that's why you have kids that that bully others yeah um insecurities low self-esteem you know perhaps they think that they're that they're not academically up to it compared to the other students so they compensate in other ways um so yeah that's the same with adults is why men fight yeah men who who are big and push their chest out yeah can't actually fight because if you know real fighters, they don't do that. Yeah. They're just really sweet. They're sweethearts, generally. Yeah. yeah Unless yeah. you push their button and then they just <laughs> k- 
shave your head in. Absolutely. But generally, they're sweethearts, and yeah. it's contrary to what you think because you look at their ears and they're all fucked up and their noses <laughs> are all broken and whatever. Yeah. But they're sweethearts because they don't have to posture. Yeah. Yeah. So when they walk into a room, they don't have to posture to be the biggest baddest, like our evolution. Unless you're Conor McGregor. <laughs> But really, he's a lovely guy. He is, he is, he is. But, <clears throat> I mean, he postures, like, to sell the fire. So he's yeah. posturing against the other fighter. But if he just walked into a room, he's not acting all big and bad mm-hmm. and swinging, pushing his yeah, chest yeah, out, yeah, swinging yeah. his arms around, yeah. because he knows he can fuck everybody yeah, yeah. in the room up. And they know that too. And they know that, which is why they posture. And people are fucking mm. crazy. They start fights with MMA fighters. They look at a guy's ears, and they'll, they'll like, <laughs> call him a pussy or something. Yeah. And it's like really dude <laughs> you don't know how to fight yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> please don't yeah yeah right so and that's yeah. that's their livelihood yeah <laughs> and the thing is again that that's and because they don't actually know what fighting is they would equate them being bigger to them being able to beat this 150 pound yeah person yeah but this you know 120 pound uh, woman that does jujitsu mm-hmm. will fucking tie this massive guy in, in a pretzel and mm-hmm. kick his ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's not trained, he doesn't know. Whereas then if you know how to fight, you understand that your appearance doesn't determine how well you can fight. Yeah. And you're relaxed because you are the biggest, baddest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how to fight, so you know what the consequences could possibly be. So you avoid it. Whereas if you're not a fighter you're not a big bad guy T- generally you're gonna uh posture and act as though you're big and bad to give that appearance yeah you know yeah. because at the end of the day we no one wants to fight some people want to fight they're crazy mm-hmm. but really no one wants to fight so they're posturing so that you back down yeah do you know what i mean so if yeah. i'm walking around all big and bad it's so that you back down yeah where it gets a problem is when the ego gets involved mm. and you also don't back down yeah so you're also posturing to make me back down mm-hmm. and the posture, 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 and then it comes a fight. Absolutely. And it's nuts. It's all because you don't know how to fight. I've <laughs> heard a technique how to almost diffuse people uh, when yeah. they're becoming aggressive on you or imposing their okay. themselves on you. It's very simple. And it, it's, you know, you literally, whatever body language you have at the moment, you know, have at the moment when someone's, you know, walking up and, you know, what you say? I'm going to, you know, smack you in the face. Rah, rah. Just maintain eye contact with them and don't say anything. And, and, you know, don't move. Like, for example, if you've got, just got your hands clasped together like I have now, um, or you have your arms, like, folded, just don't don't uh, lose eye contact. Don't say anything. Don't have any facial expressions. And, and just wait. And then, in, in, you know, nine, <laughs> nine, nine times out of ten, um, they do back down. And it, it's worked for me before when someone's tried to, you know, uh, confront me in a club, and I've, I've just maintained that eye contact. Yeah. It's intense. Just look at them and go, I love you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'll get out. <laughs> but yeah, you're 95, 90, like 90%, probably 99% of all conflicts are completely avoidable. Absolutely. And I, I give the 1% for if it's just a crazy person. Yeah. Or completely hammered. Mm-hmm. Just not right, not in the right frame of mind. Yeah. And who's actually just assaulting someone. That 1% yeah. is assault. Yeah. Um, but that 99% of things are completely avoidable. Mm-hmm. I agree. Body language is one. Eye contact, maybe, yeah. But generally, it's just stop being such a dick. Like, everyone just, yeah, everyone just needs to join. Everyone (laughs) just needs to understand who they actually are. And coming back to psychedelics, that's something I've heard about. I've heard warnings from if you don't know who you are, don't do psychedelics. But how, how do you know? 
if you know who you are. Because you know, the knowledge is revealed to you. Because you know, you already <laughs> but know. Do you know? You know what I mean? If you're, if you're, or psychedelics will reveal who you really are. I've mm-hmm. heard that. Mm-hmm. So whatever you think about yourself, psychedelics will let you know if that's nonsense. But and the, well, yes, that that's the bad news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The so good there's a flip. There's a flip side. The good news is they offer you the opportunity to restructure your personality to change your identity that sounds good I and like yeah absolutely that's a good soundbite you know <laughs> <laughs> and i you know after you have psychedelics you have what, what's called the integration period which may be a month or six months or whatever and that's the time you have to process what you learned from that trip and to change yourself or not necessarily change yourself just reflect mm. reflect on your experience reflect on how you felt Reflect on the kind of things that the trip was showing you or or wasn't showing you in some cases, which is also interesting. <clears throat> and, you know, I, I see I see humans like um, like flowers that are just, you know, constantly, you know, growing and, and evolving and, and flowering. And, and once you get to a certain stage in your in your, you know, flowering, you don't you don't de-evolve. You're always yeah. um, growing. And, and that's how I see humans. And I think. I think psychedelics have, and I'm not saying, I'm not saying that psychedelics are the be all and end all. They're the, they are the the key to to you know humanity's survival and future. But I think they have something interesting to tell us. Yeah, I think so too. But it's just obviously ethics, but then also you know just removing that bullshit that's around it. Absolutely, it's the politics. Yeah. But if any community is going to be nice, it's got to be that community, right? They're nice, intent, well intentioned, mm-hmm. but maybe, maybe I mean I don't know. You'll have to tell me. Maybe there's conflict within the community. Certain people saying, you know, that's hippie bullshit. Let's be serious here. Sure, psychedelics can do because well, there is with meditation, for example. Yeah. Well, you know, we we said we talk about. The fuck. <laughs> Yeah, thanks, Siri. <laughs> yeah, I need to turn that shit. I didn't even say Siri. Technology now in 2017. Oh, Craziness. I've got what I was even saying about meditation. <laughs> yeah, you, what is, so what's salvia? You may, I wrote salvia down. Salvia divinorum. Salvia divinorum. Yes, Divine. yes. So, so first of all, Alex, I'm going to ask you, like, from just the the sound of the drug, salvia divinorum, what, what's your... What's your uh, schema of it sounds wet sounds wet sounds like a liquid <laughs> okay salvia divinorum yeah does that word come from divine i mean divine come from that word well maybe? it sounds very much like it perhaps it is i i don't know perhaps it is the the, the latin version of it but it sounds very similar to that um divinorum. i don't know i've heard of i've heard of the term salvia but mm-hmm. i have no idea what it actually is yeah yeah so it can be chewed or smoked it's like it's like um it's like these leaves or, or uh, you know these leaves from uh mexico that right. are hallucinogenic okay and salvia divinorum produces some of the craziest psychedelic experiences you can have right for example i, I was speaking to someone who's I, I mean i've never done salvia divinorum it, to me it sounds terrifying <laughs> it's something <laughs> i wouldn't do 
but I've heard, you know, I was speaking to someone who, who, who uses it and they said that reality collapsed in on itself that's and everything, not, everything went inside out. That's not enticing. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. I've, I've heard pe- people say that um, they just have time lapses. Like, for example, an hour will just go. Okay. And, then, and then they'll ju- they'll just be you know in that hour in the future and be like, well, where the fuck's the time going? Distortion. Well, 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 what have I been doing the last hour? Um, Distortion of time is is a symptom of lots of drugs, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, many many hallucinogens slow down time mm-hmm. in in many cases. Um, and it, you know, for example, even when I was on LSD, uh, five minutes felt like three hours. For example. Um, it can it can slow down time to that to that degree, um, perhaps because you're going more inward. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a physicist. Or yeah. A <laughs> no, yeah. Well, don't worry about talking out your ass. Really <laughs> I do a lot of that. I do that a lot. So do I. <laughs> Try not to. <laughs> yeah, it's distortion of time. So how how is this drug taken? So it leaves. You say it could be smoked or chewed or chewed. Yeah. So what does it do to you? What does it do to you? Yeah. It gives you, uh, gives you a. You'd have to do it, I guess, wouldn't you? To tell me if it's different. That's the thing. I mean, you See, know, that's, they ha- we have to have a way to study these stuff without doing it. Yeah. Because then anything you produce, people will just say, because you, you broke your brain. How can you study it without not taking it? That's, a, that's another thing. You know? I guess. But I mean, object. You have to be able. To, uh, okay. You don't have to be able to objectively look at things and obviously it's difficult to fully objectively look at anything anyway because we mentioned senses before yeah we can only observe things we can only observe things with the senses we have Mm. which already means it's not objective it's subjective yeah um but we have to do our best to be objective Mm -hmm. and i think if that's the argument that we can't be objective then we've done our best if the only thing anyone can say to critique your methods scientifically is that you're only measuring it with your known five senses. I think you've done your job. <laughs> you know, well, of course I'm measuring it with my known five senses. Yeah. They're my yeah. only known five senses. I'm observing something with my eyes or with this. But mm. well, hope is in innovation. Innovation of new methods. I think so too. new technologies. I think so too with the consciousness thing. Yeah. I think not solving the consciousness but kind of having a better understanding of what consciousness is mm-hmm. comes through ai i did it i did at one point and virtual reality vr yeah. yeah i did at one point think it would come from you know brain scans mm-hmm. um but that's sort of revealing a belief i had at the time that you know mind and brain are the same thing mm-hmm. that consciousness and your mind is a is a byproduct of brain function mm-hmm. and Obviously, with everything I do, the more I read, the more I have no idea what the fuck anything is. <laughs> so, so the more people's research and opinions I read, uh, I don't know what anything but is. But you know what, Alex? And for, I, I mean, many people's perceptions of, I don't know, scientists or researchers is that um, they just carry out experiments and it, it's very, I don't know, monotonous and lots of, you know, statistics and, yeah. and writing journal articles. But for me, I think being a, being a well a psychologist in our sort of cases or developing psychologists yeah. is the notion of of continual self development, um, and that's not a bad thing. 
No, I think that's great. And it's, and it's okay. I don't think you've ever finished. It's okay not having the answers. Yeah. It's worth asking the questions. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. And I like I like the idea of going into something without any prior knowledge or, or trying your best not to input your thoughts and your beliefs on, you know, the study of this thing, whatever, whatever it is you're looking at. You know, you could be looking at behaviors of foxes or something, whatever. Not putting in your opinions on how foxes behave is a great idea. Do your best to, to try and avoid yourself doing that. Problem is, obviously, you want to research something that's interesting. So you're going to research something that you're interested in. So at some level, you're going to put some of yourself in. You can't remove yourself completely. But we have to acknowledge that we're in there. So I think when we talk about what we're doing in science, we have to acknowledge the fact that we're going to change the results in some way, mm-hmm. even if it's just because the way we observe it. Well, it's just that even on the quantum level, for example, the, the double slit experiments. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, we're fucked. <laughs> we can't we can't know anything whatever happens it can be whatever we learn we can reduce it further down to nothing and at the end of the day that we that, are completely insignificant well, that, <laughs> human is a, beings. that is a scientific conclusion in and of itself so <laughs> you have actually yeah. come up with a with a, a grand theory of we might as well <laughs> just do nothing because the end of the day the rocks don't give a fuck if we exist they were here before us they'll be here after us very nihilist it is viewpoints but it doesn't matter does it <laughs> even the nihilist in your point. in your world i'm even nihilist about nihilism it doesn't matter <laughs> who cares <laughs> it's fucked but yeah we don't really matter we i mean we do matter do i we? disagree i think we're completely insignificant to the world in the really of things until we destroy it unless we destroy it mm-hmm we actually there's a there's a thing I, I really like. It's on Joe Ro- one of Joe Rogan's um specials on Netflix. Yeah. Uh he, I think he's in a cab or a limo before the show and the one thing he, he he's talking about, you know, if you looked at the earth from from the view of a satellite mm-hmm. and you looked at the cities and the smouldering mess that is the cities and all the pollution and all the shit that we've built on it, mm-hmm. it looks like mould on a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Um, being the, you know obviously earth is this beautiful sandwich mm-hmm. thing that, <laughs> and it, and that's the purpose of human we're here to eat the sandwich no <laughs> it says our, our purpose is to maybe we're here to destroy shit because we're maybe, doing it we're maybe, good at it maybe there's not a purpose and you know I agree especially the last 100 150 years with the industrial revolution um urbanization the you know the growing of you know or the growth of the coal the oil the you know all the i don't know the the carbon emitting um uh, industries um yeah and, and generally just humans existing we use up a lot of water you know like i said we use a lot of natural resources electricity etc yeah and there is an argument that we are or there is significant evidence to suggest we are diminishing the the resources of the planet we are having an effect on on you know the earth's climate in an irreversible well i think we have about uh, i've read it's like two or three years to uh, before the brink of the irre- irreversed irreversible changes that we're oh, having shit. on the on well, the, nothing's um, going to happen in two years so climate. we're going to hit that 
no but i mean that that's that is that's just a that's a rough uh sort of estimate um but i mean there's there's every reason to be a pessimist and there's every reason to be an optimist as well we live in a very interesting time in 2017 um we've seen many changes in um the governance of of certain sections in society we are seeing the growth of renewable and green energies we're seeing people becoming more politically active um, for environmental and ecological causes we're seeing businesses social enterprises just becoming more ecologically uh, conscious for example in, in china i think that this year they've built like the first green city in the yeah world. i saw this panda thing have you seen this panda <laughs> Panda there's thing, like no. a giant solar field that looks like a panda yeah it's massive and it's looking the picture of a panda uh-huh. so the black bits are the solar panels and the white bits i guess are the storage thing it's enormous and they're building a couple of those panda right. plants yeah yeah which obviously are going to last longer than the actual panda will yeah yeah but yeah i don't know uh, people being more aware ecologically and politically aware are they though because there's lots of people who if you just look at twitter bios they have activists, but they tweet. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. They're an activist by tweeting mm-hmm. or by reposting stuff on Facebook. Yeah. They don't actually do anything. And that's okay. Not everyone in society has to have some kind of political... Act- I mean, that would be great <laughs> yeah. in an ideal world. But realistically, not everyone is going to be involved politically. No. Uh, you know, certain people are just have certain interests or, or because of certain life situations and circumstances that they just haven't gone down that particular journey however there is and this is just from my perception i i could be talking complete bullshit but i i I see the growth in um in awareness of of these you know issues that are very relevant to our times and i'm beginning to see or for the you know particularly the last three years i've seen the growth of uh, for example, certain social media groups and networks, um, uh, uh, groups just gathering together, celebrating the earth, uh, uh, mm. celebrating peace, etc. And it, there, you know, there does seem to be this almost this, uh, you know, like in the nineteen, I think it's nineteen sixties, the summer of love. It's it's like there's the summer of love two point in twenty seventeen. M- more people than ever from what it looks like a smoking cannabis you know that yeah. has that has really another place helped. in canada has just done just done something with it too it's some kind of legalization some yeah. other countries have yeah. done some legalization yeah. especially you know many sections across the states yeah you know uh, places all around europe uh, not just cannabis but also psychedelic retreat centers mm. you know even from uh, from uh, the uk to israel but the problem though is how many of those people involved? I mean, it, it's working. The causes are, like you said, it's mm-hmm. things are happening. But how many of those people involved in the causes are just virtue signaling? A what? Virtue signaling. So literally, I'm going to say, I'm going to pretend to be offended about whatever movement, feminism, mm-hmm. um, LGBTQ rights, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm going to be recreationally outraged. So my hobby is being offended. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be offended and I'm going to signal my virtue to you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to signal how I'm a higher person, how I'm a better person to you mm-hmm. by defending these communities or really by going to complete, going to super duper war I for this. I don't really take that view. There I, are a lot of people that just do that. 
that are literally virtue signaling. Okay. So they will call themselves activists and they're literally just jumping like what's her face Jenna? That was Caitlin. Caitlin, Jen, that's Jen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible with names. Do, do you know what I? St- I st- Caitlin Jenner's not beautiful. Mm-hmm. She's not. Mm-hmm. Now, I will defend her right to be called her. Mm-hmm. Cool, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to lie and say she's a beautiful woman. She's not. I wouldn't fuck her. Sorry. Do you know what I mean? I'll be, and that I'll, sounds horrible. I'll be honest with you. But just be honest. How, how long has Caitlin Jenner been in the public awareness or domain? Oh, ages. Is it a few years. Yeah. Yeah. That's Caitlin. Yeah. I don't even know what she looks like. You've not seen because, a picture of Caitlyn Jenner? Because I'm not interested. It has nothing to do with my life journey. I'm I'm not, not, I don't care either. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's really freeing to not care about stuff. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But I think it's a bit rare. Because some pe- t- sometimes people who don't care about things act as though they care. Yeah. And they're signaling their virtue. Yeah. So they're literally just showing you that I, I'm so woke. Mm-hmm. that I give a fuck about this cause mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And that's great if you do care about the cause. Mm-hmm. So if you do care about the cause right now, you won't be offended by what I just said. Mm-hmm. You know, only the guilty catch offence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. But if you're virtue signaling, you're going to be offended right now. Yeah. Great. You deserve to be offended if you're a virtue yeah. signaler because yeah. that means you're a cunt. Yeah. You're literally pretending to give a shit mm-hmm. about something and someone's actual experience in life that is difficult for them. You're pretending to care about their actual traumatic sometimes, their actual difficult experience, just so that you look better. Mm -hmm. And that's terrible. And there's so many people that are involved in doing that kind of thing. So many people do that. The problem then is they bully anyone else. So if someone says something remotely that's not even sexist sometimes or not even really racist sometimes, Mm -hmm. but someone says something that's a little potentially iffy, or someone refuses to say to use a different gender pronoun. That's a great example because it's something that that maybe does offend some people. Mm-hmm. You know, being called he when you're a she might be offensive to some people. But generally, let, so let's say I've undergone a sex change operation to become female, mm-hmm. right? I would like to be called she in that case usually, right? So normally, I would assume that trans people would like to be called the gender that they've transitioned to yeah which makes sense mm-hmm. that's cool fine yeah, i think that's their right to do mm-hmm. that you know there's a spectrum some people must be born in the wrong sort of a body but there's 74 gender pronouns <laughs> what <laughs> there are 74 and they're in canadian law really 74 gender pronouns and if you do not <laughs> give people the option on your tenancy, if you're renting them a house, yeah. to select the correct gender pronoun, you can go to jail. They have right. social justice councils. Yeah. And that's what Jordan, there's a psychologist called Jordan B. Peterson that he gets in a lot of trouble for that stuff. He attracts a lot of the trouble too. I think he kind of loves it in a way. But he he's, fi- he's fighting it because he refuses to use the 74 gender pronouns. Mm-hmm. I think he said he'll use three. He'll use he, she, and they. What's the others? Z. Okay. Z. Um, there's another one that some of our colleagues here use, actually, like Miss, Ms, Mr. And there's another one, which is non-gender specific. Oh, really? There's one so you don't know. Dude. Who it is, yeah. It's like <laughs> something. Up, dude? <laughs> Bro. Or <something>. No, but <laughs> Bro. Like one, the one that matches men and women, which is cool, fine. Yeah. You know, because feminism 
sexism for sure exists, mm-hmm. for sure happens, but mm-hmm. you know people aren't given whatever because of their their gender. But some people are virtue signaling. Some people are just trying to one up each other. And the problem with that is when you one up each other, that culminates in bullying mm. because you're one up. One up. I'm way more, um, way more defending. Uh, minorities that's what it really is isn't mm. it? it's defending downtrodden mm-hmm. so i i defend the downtrodden i go to battle for the downtrodden more than you and what's what's more defending the downtrodden than being a super duper activist is being a super duper violent activist mm-hmm. that's more defending the downtrodden than any other thing isn't it that's the the total one up yeah. isn't it yeah. that's antifa antifa whatever it is that's the the punching nazis the problem is you're calling people Nazis who have s- refused to use the correct gender pronoun when there are actual fucking Nazis protesting. Mm-hmm. There are actual Nazis, actual white supremacists, but you're calling Jordan Peterson a Nazi because he doesn't use the 74 gender pronoun or, you know, a, a lecturer who refuses to um, go home at white people stay at home day. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the contradiction is <laughs> astonishing. Yeah, and and yeah. the idea then that you you can't be racist to white people because it's a power relationship, mm-hmm. right? Race mm-hmm. racism is supposed to be a power thing. Yeah, but there are situations when white people aren't the most powerful. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, if if I'm going for a job and I'm not given the job because I'm white, I don't have the power in that relationship. Yeah, I think it has to be broken down. Now, in the grand scheme of things. I have, I don't have the power, but white people may have the power, right? Yeah. Which is wrong. Everybody should be mm-hmm. equally available to get yeah. the power. Yeah, yeah. But in certain situations, there are white people who don't have the power. I'd imagine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, does that make sense? It does. Um, to be honest, Alex, um, this is a bit out there. Perhaps it's a bit obvious. Perhaps it's not. You know. <laughs> Racism, sexism, ageism, uh, xenophobiaism. Um, these, <laughs> these are the products of a failed social system. Yeah, they shouldn't exist. No, you're right. 100%. We're all human. We're all here. We all have the same needs. What do all humans want? We want peace. We want security. We want food. We want love. You know, fucking like how old you are, or or, or your economic status or whatever um i understand why why there are the these you know very especially now these very relevant uh sort of contentious issues in society yeah i absolutely support those contentious issues the protests in them yeah uh, and supporting minorities so that though because those things are horrific and they shouldn't exist Mm -hmm. there shouldn't there shouldn't be um anti-semitism there shouldn't be racism there shouldn't Mm -hmm. be sexism Mm -hmm. there shouldn't be racism i think i just said that there, there shouldn't be, you know, homophobia. There shouldn't be those things. And because they exist, these protests should exist. There should be people battling for them. Yeah. And because they're minorities, uh, generally they're going to be ignored because they're not the the biggest voice. Sure. So if everyone bands together, which is LBGTQA and plus and the other ones, right? Okay. They're banded together. Now, they're not the same community. They're just not. They're different people, mm-hmm. different issues. Yeah banded together because then you can fight a battle then yeah because you've got bigger numbers yeah yeah. right yeah yeah. so black lives matter might be every single black person 
but with a bag of white people too yeah and loads of mexicans yeah, and yeah. loads of whatever else yeah. fantastic because then you get the numbers then you can enact change then you can yeah. fight the battle so i understand fully and support the the protesting of these things but you're right they shouldn't exist the problem is that they do mm-hmm. and in those communities there are people that are bullying mm-hmm. and when you bully people because of something they can't change like being white or mm-hmm. being black or being a male or being a straight white male yeah what you get is all the straight white males banding together in the same way that the movements banded together to support the minorities mm-hmm. you get those people banding together yeah and the problem there is when straight white males band together <laughs> there's a fucking hate group oh yeah absolutely do you absolutely. know what i mean it well, turns into preserving our race what the fuck does that mean it's preserving all, it's your all race? this uh bundled up testosterone yeah and aggression you yeah. know all in a, a massive uh pile um yeah it's it's uh crazy it's fucked up and it's really <laughs> it really worries me that i'm a little worried that the that the right and it's all over the world now because it's happening in germany now sure that the right is a little bit more organized mm-hmm. and there's less infighting i might be wrong but there's less invite infighting in the right than there is in the left so yeah. the left will have portions of the left essentially saying that other portions aren't left enough mm-hmm. and they're virtue signaling to other people on the left sure. so everyone's in their little bubble so the internet's great that we're all connected to each other but mm-hmm. we're not really yeah we're still in our bubble mm-hmm. our search engines still show us things that are relevant to us yeah our twitter feeds still only show us things that we like mm-hmm. because that's how we get clicks and that's how these social media companies mm-hmm. make their money mm-hmm. So they only show us things that we're going to retweet. They only show us things we're going to like. Mm-hmm. Show us videos we're going to watch mm-hmm. to keep us on the app. Mm-hmm. You know, and time that, spent that, on site. Contributes to the divisiveness. So then we're all separate. We're in bubbles. So all the people on the right, are, I, I, God knows what they're seeing. They're seeing right stuff about how, I don't know, people are taking their jobs or maybe they're seeing lots of like islamophobic stuff mm-hmm. or they're seeing attacks by these people or whatever yeah yeah and then the left they're just seeing the right doing their crazy shit doing their stuff and, mm-hmm. and how all this but the problem is then the left are all infighting mm-hmm. so there's lots of divisions in the left because the social media companies are left Te- yeah. the tech industry yeah, is yeah, super yeah. left yeah so the social media uh platforms are super left that's why so they have bubbles within the left mm. and they fight each other Meanwhile, the right just grows. Yeah, yeah. And then you get this this massive issue of bullying people and calling people Nazis and calling people bigots. Mm -hmm. People don't like being called names. Mm -hmm. So they're going to go to what the opposite of the side calling them names is. And the problem is the side calling them names was supporting Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. The side not calling them names was fucking Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Now we've got Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Now (laughs) And, And we've got Brexit. Brexit. I, I'm. Uh, I'd take Brexit over Trump. <laughs> <laughs> There's another soundbite. <laughs> Brexit over Trump. Yeah. What, what about you? What? But I mean, Brexit. What's your, what's your thoughts, Alex, on Brexit on... and and Donald Donald Orange Man Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Brexit over Trump. No, I mean Brexit over Trump. I get. Yeah. I don't know about Brexit. It might work out. Who knows? I don't Who know knows? enough about the information. I, it's all, it's all kept hidden from the public. Probably is. 
Again, you know, I don't know that the things that I've seen about Brexit is just that one side. Maybe I've only been exposed to lefty stuff. I wish I could see everything on social Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. Um, There's too many people to see everything. There's too much shit. But I wish I could see both sides. Mm -hmm. It'd be great if there was sort of a TV show. I wish politics was taught in schools, actually. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Yeah. If I I didn't have to learn about rocks, I've never used geography in my fucking life. I didn't have to learn about geography in school, not to pick on geographers, <laughs> but if I didn't have to learn about geography in school, I'd like to maybe have learned about the tax system. Sure. That would be great. Politics would be nice to learn. Yeah. Filling out forms because you learn those, you know, rent, how that Did works. Did you ever study um, sociology, for example? I didn't. I, no, see, I studied in that in my, in my A-levels and there are certain modules which actually tap in, into particularly power politics okay um, for example uh, things like social stratification um you know income inequalities yeah um, crime and deviance as well yeah i did a crime and deviance module yeah. it was a sociology module uh, my first year at university okay um here yeah in northampton, northampton yeah, northampton, yeah. yeah and yeah. um <laughs> yeah it was very much i can't remember too much of it it was my first year so i was a bit drunk um, yeah i mean i don't know i can't remember what i was saying i had a point well you you were saying you wish that politics was yeah yeah taught in in schools yeah but not many students perhaps would choose politics i mean i mean there would be i'd imagine you know a fairly consistent section i don't i don't think it would be i think it should be i think it should shouldn't be an option it should be split. Everyone should understand what the country they live in, how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, in the same way kids are taught how to cross the road. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we taught how to drive in school? Yeah. Why don't we just do that in school? Yeah. Wouldn't that make way more sense? Everyone's got to drive. In, in my opinion, school... That way you leave school with your driving license. I All my learning in life has come after I left school. Exactly. <laughs> Once you have free time. All you need... Like, goodwill hunting could fucking exist. All you need is a library card. You yeah. need to know how to read. Mm-hmm. Then you can be an autodidact. You can learn whatever you need to learn. I went to university, but I'm an auto- autodidact. So I learned stuff myself. I may have gone to university, but university was a library card for me. Yeah. And it was an opportunity to, to talk to people. You know, and that's what it should be. Teach kids to be good at maths, because uh, maths is helpful for so many other stuff you know logic and and all that kind of big up maths (laughs) big up maths um teach kids maths science because they love science it's interesting and they do any kid that says they don't love science is lying it means they've got a bad science teacher (laughs) because they like their mobile phones don't they especially the cool shit in in chemistry classes yeah (laughs) any kid who says they don't like blowing stuff up (laughs) it's full of shit they like their phone they like technology that's all science so they like that stuff yeah people that's our science you know how people work i i think psychology should be taught in every single school and i think it should be compulsory for example especially i believe that people are already experts though aren't they you you, you speak to someone who aren't psychologists they already know how people work right okay they'll tell you how people work okay and they'll tell you how people work because uh they're in that world Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously everyone experiences people and how they work. Sure. So they'll tell you about how perception works, even though you've just spent fucking yeah. years doing it. Yeah. You've just spent 
years of your life working about working out perception yeah, yeah, and yeah. how people talk to each other and what yeah. conformity is yeah. and they'll tell you otherwise because yeah. they've seen it oh I've got this mate who uh, actually does it this way yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah fuck off mate alright but that's how it is psychology is like that but you're right I think it should be taught in schools too the way but people work what, what specifically should be taught in schools and this is me giving a plug to the uh, uh, positive psychology module which okay. is run at the University of Northampton so if you are thinking about studying psychology or um, anything, uh, definitely uh, check out Shame, University of Northampton. Shameless plug. Shameless. <laughs> <laughs> um, but po- positive psychology basically looks at uh, what we call uh, flow experiences. So, uh, for example, it could be scoring a three-pointer mm. on a basketball court. It could be scoring a 30-yard 30, 30 goal uh, on a football pitch. Um, it could be climbing a mountain or... Um, win it, uh, I don't know, beating someone at jujitsu, anything like that. And we call these things flow experiences where time just seems to slow down and you become so engaged in the present that everything external to what's going on disappears. Any worries, any anxieties. Um, and I think it's important that we teach children about flow experiences. And also, I, I think we can teach them uh, things like protecting their self-esteem and yeah. methods to uh, what, we, what we call psychological defenses so uh, you know building up uh, you know children's self-esteem um, and I, I, I think as well meditation introducing that into schools I think I think there's a there's a schools are going that. that way aren't they schools are moving towards mm. mindfulness and mm-hmm. stuff as a way to keep to because to, mindfulness helps you think before you react because you kind of get better at noticing the way you're feeling so you notice you're angry before it comes out yeah you know well i mean especially with the the bad news going on currently every day (laughs) (laughs) every day (laughs) i I mean okay i mean news you you know news media outlets only show the you know the the bad news the the scary news and so we we do get a distorted um view of the world so I i think it's important to say that first before i sort of go into that um because there's a lot of good news that doesn't get reported but because of this um because of the the flooding of of negative bad news which uh incites fear um (laughs) you think the world's gonna end or you know you're gonna die or or (laughs) you'll never be able to pay off your student debt whatever which is true (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um um i think it's it's especially important that we do introduce um uh, psychological coping coping mechanisms and making them accessible for um students not only in in primary secondary schools but even at, at university level as well yeah. and it, across workplaces I, I mean there's no there's no there's no limit to it but i, I think these thing, things are, are valuable for our psychological well-being yeah there's lots of things that just like that that, that are actually relevant to to real life mm-hmm that like you said you don't learn about life until you've finished school yeah and that's not right mm-hmm. so what have you spent your time doing geography and i guess the okay, i'm picking on geography again. hey <laughs> but I, I guess the argument for that kind of stuff would be okay but how do you know you know you might spark a kid's interest in geography yeah you know how do you know that that someone's going to be interested in geography mm-hmm. it might be your thing you know to, to get interested in geography but my thing is then they can find that in the library mm-hmm. you know while you're learning this at these other things you can find what you're interested in i think that's what we should be doing with school mm-hmm. fostering an interest 
Because the problem is, the kids that are naughty generally are actually just bored. They don't care. So, like, there's not many pupils that are naughty, that are bad at at everything, Mm -hmm. that completely don't care about anything. Yeah. Because even if they're naughty... Everyone has a talent. Yeah, even if they're naughty in every subject, Mm -hmm. I bet they pay attention when they're playing FIFA. Right? Maybe their thing is video games. Yeah. So foster that interest. I bet they're fucking good at it as well. I bet they're great at FIFA. Yeah. Or I bet they're good at making things. I bet they're good at using their hands. Yeah. I bet, for example, um, they have a very good ear for music. Yeah. Like things like that. Artists are always naughty. Mm -hmm. They're always fuck-ups. Always. Yeah. Because it's like having a million browser tabs open in your head at any one time. Well, you look look at any any successful entrepreneur that's made it. Oh, they were never... Shit in school. Yeah, they're normally shit in school. You know, Einstein couldn't speak until he was five. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Richard Branson uh, failed school. Uh, Bill Gates, uh, Simon Cowell, you know, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out uh, out of university. Yeah. You know, the the list is endless. It's yeah, you got your job is. I think the job of a school has become a babysitter. I think that's a good description. Mm-hmm. And it it needs to be to foster these kids' growth. It needs to be to to help these kids understand the way the world works. My my and pro- what they can do. Yeah, my problem, Alex, is that. I mean, a school. What what is it? What what's a school? You you tell me what a school is. Like describe it in one sentence. A uh, place where kids go to learn. A place where kids go to learn. That's a very good way of describing it. I would describe it as a community of people. Okay, and there's you know there's the staff and there's the students. From my experiences in schools, and I've heard many people say the same, you know, the, the teachers there, and it's not just the teachers, it also, it's, it's systematic. It, it goes all the way, from, you know, it's a trickle-down effect from, mm. from the top of the pyramid to, to the students. The teachers, some of them are very good, and I've had some very good teachers. So yeah. big up my, my uh, yeah, <laughs> inspirational teachers. You know who you are. Teachers, yeah. But... For a lot of teachers, it's just a, a nine to five job. It's there, to, you know, it's there to pay the bills, and they treat it like that. They don't really give a shit about the students, as long as, um, for example, the the teacher meets their quota for how mm. many students need to pass. They've done their job. That's sad that, 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 but that exists, but it does. I've experienced that too. We need schools where we have passionate, um, uh, reflexive, proactive. Um, you know, constantly developing teachers. And that is the kind of, you know, communities we should demand and we should strive for. And we should not be accepting, you know, half-hearted teachers. You know, look at, for example, look, look at, I mean, from my school experiences, the amount of times I had, you know, substitute teachers who weren't even qualified to teach the subjects I taught on. Like, you know, that made me disengaged. I, yeah. I, I, I've normally throughout my life been a, you know, a, hard working <laughs> quite nerdy student as mm. as you'd say but you know even for someone as conscientious as me for example um i've, I've found experiences in school work or even if, if the teacher's just having a bad day or they're in a bad mood has an effect on the whole learning environment or yeah. they you know or if they if the lesson's ill prepared and that that has um an enormous effect on on students and like you said it, it it's you know boredom is is 
boredom is the root of all evil. Yeah, <laughs> it is, man. It, yeah, I mean, just just helping people find their passion, and maybe the teachers haven't found theirs. You know, maybe, maybe I think generally most people don't quite understand um, how the world works. I don't in many aspects, of course. Mm. I'm not going to say that I understand the world and no one else does. That's mm. literally ego. But you don't have to understand how the world works. No, you can just play nice and gradually gain an understanding of how the world works and how to be happy. Mm-hmm. But I think it comes from developing a work ethic. So if you really work at something, mm-hmm. something you're interested in, sure, mm. whatever. But if you really dedicate yourself to doing that thing continually, mm-hmm. every day, just forcing yourself to do it when you don't want to do it, yeah. doing it all the time, you get better at that thing. And that thing can turn into a job. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that can't be a job. There are people that are millionaires from filming themselves in their mum's house yeah. playing FIFA. Absolutely. That was their passion. They they're good at it. They're funny. People yeah. gravitate towards yeah. what I don't know why people watch gaming, but I've done it sometimes. It's fucking amazing. Like you watch you're on the edge of your seat. It's like watching a movie, but it's better than any movie. <laughs> For some reason. I don't know why. It's just someone playing a game. Yeah. But it's great to watch. And there's things that you can do and these kids are all interested in YouTubers. Yeah. But they have this thought that, you know, if they start YouTubing and they start putting their videos up or creating content, whatever, mm-hmm. that because they instantly don't get two million downloads, they give up. Yeah. Well, no one watched the first ones of anything. Maybe two, three views. Just his friends, just his or her friends, like the makeup videos. There's people that make makeup tutorials. Fucking millions of yeah. views. Yeah, yeah. Millions of pounds a year mm-hmm. from makeup tutorials. People yeah. who are who don't do anything. They're famous for just being on YouTube and being Absolutely. a person that's good at this thing, that's yeah. interested in this thing, and that can convey that to a crowd. Kids have the opportunity to find their thing. And I think schools, that's their responsibility, mm-hmm. to help people find their thing. The problem mm-hmm. is if, the, if teaching isn't your thing and you're up there teaching, because some people, like you said, are great teachers. Their mm-hmm. thing is teaching. Yeah. They love teaching children. They yeah. love helping these young people figure themselves out Mm -hmm. at a really difficult time in secondary Mm -hmm. school figure yourself out and become something work Mm -hmm. out what it is you want to do and then and then go and do that Mm -hmm. and you can foster that growth and then there's some people that are doing it because they've never found out what their thing is yeah and it's supposed to be an ongoing battle to find out what your thing is yeah your thing changes over years that's what you get mature students go back to university sure sure your thing's gonna change over years and that kind of mastery complex is just find your thing and then go at it, attack it, mm-hmm. do your best, do it every single day mm-hmm. to just improve, just get better and yeah. better and better. Yeah. That's what I've learned as an athlete. Yeah, Mastery. Whatever the thing is I'm now going to focus on, I'm going to fucking do that until I'm really good at it. Mm-hmm. Right, so I might be shit at talking in a podcast, but at some point I'm going to be fucking spectacular. You're very good today. Because <laughs> I'm going to master it. I'm yeah. going to keep going until... I'm very, very good at it. Mm-hmm. Teach that. Teach that to kids. Mm-hmm. Teach them that it's baby steps. You're going to suck. If you start playing basketball, you are not Michael Jordan. Yeah. You are going to be shit yeah. for a long time. <laughs> you have to be shit. If you're and doing stand-up comedy, you're going to bum. If you're lecturing, 
you're gonna have shit lectures where people fall asleep or you're gonna be boring <laughs> at some time or you're gonna be so nervous you're jittery and you just yeah. mumble yeah and you waffle i waffle <laughs> all the time i'm waffling right now right but it's making gonna complete happen. sense to me it's gonna happen mm-hmm. you have to start at the bottom if it was e- nothing worth it is easy absolutely Do you know what I mean? if you're gonna be good at something if it was so easy to be LeBron James, everyone would be fucking LeBron James. Yeah, Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, then there'd be no yeah. LeBron James because everybody exactly. would be that good. Exactly. Yeah, you have to, there has to be some kind of separation. We're not equal and we're not separated by, by like successful people aren't separated by their genes. Mm-hmm. Cool athletes are separated by genes, but there's lots of people, not, okay, not lots, but there are some people around the world who were LeBron James athletically. Mm-hmm. But they didn't work like LeBron James worked. Yeah. The reason he's who he is, is he's the combination of a freak athlete and an insane work ethic and a mm-hmm. mastery complex mm-hmm. to get better and to yeah. get smarter yeah. and improve everything yeah. and to read and to just be this complete player that he yeah. is. Yeah. And that's the same with every sport. So Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, yeah. all yeah, those yeah. guys. Yeah. I, I think it's also important to remember... It's not just about the destination, it's the journey. It's the journey. You know, the process, the yeah. trial and error, the, you know, the times where, <laughs> you know, well, you know, being comfortable with failure and being comfortable with being, well, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I and when, like that. when you get to that stage, I'm that down. yeah, when you get to that stage, that is where progress comes. And, and the thing is, a lot of people as well have this have this linear um perception of, of progress that for example like you say if you if you practice um if you practice your piano for two hours a day that, that each day incrementally you're going to improve it doesn't work like that mm. you know people think it's a straight line actually yeah, it's, it's loads of squiggles that go up and down and up and down and then you know loads of troughs and then and then you start actually noticing change and the, and the thing that separates you know the people who achieve things in life and from the people who doesn't is, is simply down to persistence persisting with your goal not forgetting about it and not forgetting about why you've started it and having true belief and also yeah it, and it i think the word that, that describes it has to be love you have to love what you do and i really mean you know You've got to love it more than you you love your wife, <laughs> not necessarily. You but do it for free, it's, you know, obsession. But I mean, it, it was Malcolm Gladwell that said that you have to persist at something for ten thousand hours to yeah become an be- become a become an expert, um, and that and that's in all areas of life. And it, it doesn't mean you know if you're on uh, nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine hours yeah, that, that you're not an expert. But it's 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 a rough estimate. It's the idea, isn't it, of of, of dedication? I think that that's more of sort of a metaphor, isn't it? The ten thousand hours to make you think that you know you've you've started doing long jump last week, yeah, and uh, you've done it twice, yeah. You're not going to break the world record. Uh huh. Uh huh. Fucking ten thousand hours, please. Yeah. You got to work for ten years. For example, you know, p- people. You know, this is relevant to the UK listeners. You know, pe- people were amazed at Anthony Joshua's um, sudden rise to... Yeah, to it's not sudden, though, is fame. it? Well, he started at 18. How old is he now? 27, 28? Yeah, you think he's my age. What's that? A decade worth of, yeah. of just pure 
boxing. Yeah, in, in the last... Same as Conor McGregor. It's a great example as well because yeah. four years ago he was on um, welfare. Mm-hmm. So four years ago he was on Irish version of Job Seekers. I guess. Yeah. Um, so people will say, oh, look how far he's come in in, in uh, this last couple of years. You know, he's mm-hmm. just got 100 million at least from the Mayweather yeah. um, fight. But it's not four years' work. Mm-hmm. He's worked his entire childhood to get to that point. Mm-hmm. He's worked and kept working yeah. when it wasn't working. He was on welfare. Yeah. You know, he was however close to becoming mm-hmm. a, a plumber. Yeah. He just kept going. And Anthony Joshua is the same kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. incremental. So, yeah, he, he's a heavyweight champion of the world. But he didn't start the heavyweight champion of the world. Mm-hmm. He started as this kid who started boxing. Yeah. And maybe he start, I think he started boxing to get him to stay out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Which is a great idea. That's why my mum threw me at basketball. <laughs> it kept me out of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it works. Yeah. So, but so it, it's a gradual thing. It, it's not, you know, you've got to put the work in. Yeah. And that's what people don't. People don't put the work in. Yeah. People want results right now. Yeah. So they want to put something on social media and want thousands and thousands of likes. You know, no uh, one sees it. Another ex- <laughs> another example is going to the gym, and people want. Oh, that's right. People that's want results, example. you know, instantly. Yeah. Um, and you know they'll be checking themselves in the mirror, flexing. Yeah. Um, but you know, real progress in the gym again takes discipline. It takes sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it take it takes you know it, it, the thing is when when you're pursuing your, for example, your dream. And you can pursue any dream you want. You have to dedicate every single hour of your life to that in some form or another. If you're becoming an athlete, you you can't just start, you know, training really hard for three hours a day and then and then going off to Burger King and yeah. <laughs> having a <laughs> yeah. Other whopper. aspects, <laughs> other aspects of your life have to match it. And then you have to get the right sleep, and then you have to do the right reading, yeah. and then you have to expose your mind t- to the right information. For example, on the internet. Um, and then you have to go for a certain amount of runs and then you have to recover, you know, and it's, you know, it's like the, it's this constant uh, repetition. Um, and it, yeah, it, it all comes down to self-discipline. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing people generally lack. Yeah. And I don't think anyone lacks it in everything because there's some things people are really disciplined with. Yeah. So there's some things I'm undisciplined with. There's some things I'm disciplined with Discipline, essentially, I think, to me, is forcing yourself. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, oh, I'm not that disciplined, like, oh, I wish I could be disciplined like you. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we're the same. Mm-hmm. The difference is inside, I'll force myself to do it. So I'll force an extra rep or I'll force an extra hour of shooting mm-hmm. when my fucking knees hurt or mm-hmm. my ankles hurt. I'll force it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's mental toughness. And you, Yeah. I've kind of been drawn. I want to run a marathon at some point because I've never run a marathon. Ooh, yeah. Um, I've never run a marathon. It's not going to be fast. Yeah. But I think I can run slow all fucking day. Yeah. Because I'm not going to give up. Yeah. I like I like to test myself. So I like to get to a point where I think, fuck, I need to quit. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Just keep going. Because there is a second win. There is a second wind. So once you get past that, there's another bit where you feel great mm-hmm. and then there's another hit where you think fuck I gotta quit mm-hmm. and it's literally battles of oh this is okay it's okay look I'm doing it oh I gotta quit I gotta quit 
no, no, I'm doing it again. Oh, no, yeah. I've got to quit. I've got to yeah, and yeah. it just keeps, it's like a cycle, yeah. on and on and on. Mm-hmm. I want to see how far I can get that. Mm. And I think 26 miles is long enough to find to find how I can <laughs> how I want to how I want to die. But there's people that run the, the 200 miles. Yeah. There's people that run the yeah. ultra marathons. Yeah. Fucking crazy people. I I I find it. Yeah, yeah. 26 miles. Just keep <laughs> just keep going, man. Whatever whatever yeah. you're interested, just keep doing it. People yeah. are going to say your your thing like let's say art for example. If you're a kid and you're in school and you like drawing, people are going to say your drawings are shit. Yeah. People are going to say you're writing is shit. People are going to say your stories are shit. And that's people who aren't doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. That's why they're saying it was shit. They're going to say your business idea is shit. Uh, they're going to say it's not going to work. They're going to say your na- the name for your business is stupid. Uber is a fucking ridiculous name. Mm-hmm. Google is one of the stupidest names in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but Google has become a verb. Yeah, yeah. We Google stuff. Yeah. Google it. Even if you use Bing, you say Google it. Yeah. It's become a verb. <laughs> and it's a ridiculous word. Google? Yeah. Yeah. What does that even mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure people would have said Google's a stupid name. People would have said Apple's a stupid name. What, what Apple? What, because of Newton? Like, yeah. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. And that's because those people don't have that idea. And they believe that they should. So people who want, who have this ideal that they should be starting businesses and doing this and running this and, and, and being an athlete are going to tell you that you suck. Because they aren't self-actualized. Yeah. They aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. So they're going to tell you that yours suck so that you come down to their level. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> you need to be with people who are who are going to encourage that. Yeah. They're like, cool. Even if deep down they think it's stupid. Mm-hmm. Just understand that that is your ego telling you it's stupid. So if you have a business idea and inside I'm thinking, well, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Who's going to... Or this podcast. Who's going to listen? <laughs> Keep it to yourself. How about that? who's gonna listen one person you're gonna listen because you're on it yeah and maybe someone else will listen yeah and then another person might listen and they might tell two people yeah i might have to do 300 episodes before i have 10 listeners but if that's what i have to do that's what i have to do life isn't fair i'm not lebron james lebron james might only have to do two years before he's really really good because he's such a freak athlete yeah i might have to do 10 before i can do things on the same level the world is not equal yeah some people are freak athletes so this podcast might not take off it three episodes in but it might 400 in mm-hmm. i've no reason to believe it won't hard work is a in any area of life or whether it's you know on, on the sports arena or, or in business hard work is a great leveler it is it is that's like another great soundbite. Mm-hmm. You're full of them today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down. Fire. <laughs> Hard work is a great level. It is. It levels the competition. Yeah. Because uh, if you... And that's why you, you see studies... When you, when you see like a business like self-help stuff, mm. when it's like, look at all this... You ask all the successful people what they did to become successful. You know, they visualized their goals. They wrote it down. They did this. They yeah. did that. You only ask... Your sample is just successful people. There might be a, a shit ton of unsuccessful people that also did those things. Mm-hmm. But the one thing you can say that maybe success isn't the measure. Some people's success, measure of success is different. Well, how do you define success? I think it's subjective. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you, what is success for you? That's, that's what I think it is. So success for me, I don't know yet. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think, so some people, for some people, success would be, you know, let's say playing in the premier league yeah. is their version of success 
problem with that is that's a that's a a finite it's not that it's a difficult goal of course it is Mm -hmm. but it's that's a finite goal i think the goal should be to be the best you can be yeah because the world's not equal maybe you can't run like ronaldo he's six one with a 50 inch vertical maybe you'll never have the same technique as coutinho or sanchez and that's okay but if you can be the best you are you will not, I promise you, you will not feel bad that you're not in the Premier League. You know, you because know one, you are the best. One footballer in the Premier League I actually admire, uh, you know, is, is Harry Kane. I, I like him because he's not everyone's cup of tea, but he's himself and he plays to his strengths. And do you know what? He scores a shitload of goals. He wasn't um, like a highly touted player as a young kid, was he? No. He just kept going. He came he through, just going. kept his head down, you know. All the stigmas of English striker, will yeah. he be able to score loads of goals? Stuck his head down, and now, you know, he's up there with, you know, in my opinion, probably the in the top two finishers in, in, in the Prem. You just keep going, man. How, how old is he? Is he like 20, 23? 20? Yeah, I'm sure he's young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so he's, he, still, he still hasn't even hit his prime no, yet. No, no. Just keep going. That's the goal. That's yeah. the moral in, in that, in yeah, Harry Kane's yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fucking keep going. Yeah. Eventually, if you keep going, you'll get there. And and wherever there is, it's dependent on you. If your thing is, if you're if you're 35 and you think, I want to play in the Premier League, that's not really realistic. Mm-hmm. But you can be the best you can be, and you can fucking smash Sunday League if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you want to go up to a higher Sunday League, uh, or go up to a higher. Uh, division or, or semi-pro or whatever at 35 and um, maybe you're not the best there but mm-hmm. you're the best you can be you've won mm-hmm. you've won the game you're the best you can be this life right now to me it's just a game and again I might be talking shit I'm 27 what the fuck do I know right fuck it <laughs> the game is I'm going to try and be good at something and if I lose interest for that thing and I no longer care about that thing, I move on. Yeah. I try and be good at something else. So I tried to get good at basketball. I got good at basketball. I'm going to try and do something else. That's the goal. Just apply yourself at something and do it all the time. But enjoy what it is. Yeah. And we need money. You have to pay your bills. So you have a family. You have to support your family. Yeah. Cool. But think about how many hours there are in the day. How much time do we waste? I don't watch television. Mm-hmm. I have too much shit to do now. Mm-hmm. I have too many things to do to watch TV. Yeah, so yeah. I can't watch TV anymore. Yeah, you know, I still play video games, yeah. but that would be the next thing to cut out. Yeah. If I started to get to the point where I couldn't do everything I can do, yeah. that's now gone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I have too many things to Priorities. do. Priorities. Too many irons in the fire. Yeah. I don't have time. Yeah. You know, and then after that, it, all the fun. It's like the things you do for fun to unwind from the boring job. Yeah. So stop having a boring job. Yeah. Have your boring job to pay your bills. After your boring job, when you're tired, when you don't want to do it anymore, you force yourself to do the thing that you're interested in. You read that book that you've not never got around to yeah. read in. Force yourself to do it. Don't yeah. zombie. I know it, it's really humans. The way our bodies work, we're supposed to go for comfort. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to make things easier. We yeah. were saying earlier, we make tools. Yeah. Because we can't attack a lion. Yeah. Because it would fuck us up. So yeah. we make something sharp and pointy and jab mm-hmm. it. And we do it in teams and we do it from different yeah, angles. Yeah. yeah. We find a way, we find a solution. That's what we do. 
that's why people think you know global warming won't be solved until mm-hmm. it's going to destroy the earth mm-hmm. and someone will be thinking fuck let's get it done yeah right we, we yeah. work to deadlines humans. Yeah. we get shit done and obviously in academia we know about deadlines mm-hmm. so you get things done it's not I can't remember what I was saying, but that, whatever I just said. Was no, I, I mean, <laughs> I think it's really important. I mean, this this is a battle that I've personally struggled with. Yeah. Um, you know, coming home from school, for example, and having, and this is, this is actually a problem that many students and, you know, schools and universities experiences. They'll go to, they'll go to their lectures or go to their lessons all day long. And then they'll come home and, and they suddenly, they don't have motivation to, to read or revise that when you hit when you get that voice in your head that you know that's telling you to stop that's telling you to put your feet up that's telling you to go for a nap that's telling you to to put on um the tv that is your opportunity for growth where you actually go against that thought and say no i'm you know i'm not caving into laziness or um, uh, inactivity i'm going to go to the gym or i'm going to start i'm going to start doing what doing my homework or i'm going to start reading that book um or uh, fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna start mind mapping ideas for some kind of project i'm coming up with you know time (laughs) time is is so precious and you know we like you said we waste so much of it doing absolutely nothing and the thing is laziness is um it's it's like this this toxin in our body cancer and and, you know and you can feed laziness the more lazy you are the more you know lazier you get people that go to the gym you know for example people that don't go to the gym say to people who do go to the gym why have you got so much energy like you're always like working out but i force myself i don't want to go to the fucking gym being (laughs) active gives you more energy to do more things it has an exponential effect the other side is that mentally that's stronger yeah so when they don't have lots of energy, they still go to the fucking gym. Yeah. You know, and you hear that a lot when people go to, like, especially girls um, or women that, that don't work out. Yeah. So, so a woman who doesn't work out, when you say about lifting weights, they'll say something like, oh, I don't want big arms. Um, you see that massive guy over there? He's here every time you come here. He's here twice a day. Yeah. And he's not that fucking big. Don't worry about getting big arms. You're not going to get big arms. It's really difficult to get big fucking arms. I'm here all the time. Look at my arms. They're not enormous. You're worried about getting big arms by picking up your five pound fucking dumbbell. But it, it, it comes down Work to... hard. Yeah, <laughs> but it, as well, uh, another important lesson that I think a lot of people seem to forget in this crazy, connected social media world we live in no, we've got to stop comparing ourselves to other people. We've got to stop yeah. judging ourselves to other people on other people's successes. Focus on yourself. Don't, don't give a shit if so-and-so, you know, has lost this, this much weight or has, you know, has passed their driving test before you. Like, who cares? Like, you know, the main, the main thing for you is just being happy, setting goals for yourself that are realistic, achievable, and, and you know, putting the blinkers on. Stay, mm. stay focused. Don't care about you know what other people are doing you know yeah there's a i can't remember which president it is i might have it somewhere in here but it's something about like uh comparison is the enemy of of happiness or something comparison is the enemy of progress Ooh, sounds like an uh, an obama quite no it's really old no? it might be like Roosevelt reagan or something he says some cool stuff yeah let me see if I, i'll just google comparison is the enemy or something it's not comparison maybe it's comparison it wouldn't be Richard Nixon. Can't imagine. No, no, it's old. I'm sure it's, it might be Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Roosevelt. Comparison is the thief of joy. Ooh. Theodore Roosevelt. Comparison. Yeah. Comparing your work, your life, whatever else, can only serve to make you unhappy because you see what you don't have. Hasty. Yeah. Comparison is the thief joy. of joy, and that's just a really nice way with words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got some cool quotes, Roosevelt. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the president that warned about the military-industrial complex as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Said, so be careful about corporations and organizations. Yeah, the that, MIC is that will uh, embed their way into politics, which they did. Absolutely. And then JFK is the one that tried to fight against that. And yeah, then and then we had the Cuban <laughs> Missile <laughs> Crisis. Yeah, but then you know, once JFK was dead, no one else would speak out against whatever he made. He upset a lot of people because mm-hmm. he played the game to get in, mm-hmm. and then stopped playing the game. Mm-hmm. I think is the issue. Well, That's a conspiracy you sound, theory. You, sa- you sound pretty convinced that he was assassinated because of his famous speech. That's the impression I don't I'm know. getting from I think you. I, he was definitely assassinated. I don't think it was a random killer alone. Mm-hmm. Right? But I don't mm-hmm. again. I don't know enough about it. But that's shrouded cons- in mystery. That's the conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. If anyone can shroud something in mystery, it would be a government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's mysterious. Oh my god! Think- have you have you seen lately? You know, like you know, like uh, these big vaporizers we have now. Yeah. You know, with the big chambers. There's like structures like these that are about fifteen feet tall. Dotted all around New York. Have you have you heard about this? No. Yeah. So all the public are going, you know, to the to the local, you know, mayor and governments and everything, and people are saying, "What the hell are the earth?" You know, it's like it's like this metal mesh with, and it's got like these these tubes coming out of it. Um, it's got like a like a government um like kind of stamp on it. It's got like sirens on the top of it, and everyone's going to the authorities, even CNN, Fox News. Uh, you know the 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 government isn't given any information on what these are used for. What do you think they are? I have no idea. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's some kind of uh, manifestation of the the Big Brother uh, oh, state, maybe. perhaps you know spying on people's conversations. You know, uh, the fight against terrorism. Um, but I I I find it really interesting. That how, Big Brother thing scares me. Yeah. Like Orwell's 1984 wasn't supposed to be a fucking instruction manual. Uh huh. <laughs> it's supposed to be a warning, you know. But yeah. it's turned into a fucking instruction manual. It's like a, it's like a dystopian future. Yeah, I mean North North Korea has the um thought police. That's the way the, the thought police. That's the way they've controlled everybody. So I have to, f- and Scientology does it. I see what you mean. I have to fill out a report. I don't care if I annoy Scientologists. I have to fill out a report um, about you, whether you're being a good citizen. Yeah. Did you cry hard enough at the funeral? Yeah. You're doing the same to me. Okay. So wow. I'm I'm not crying because of fear of the state. Yeah. That someone's died. I'm not being good because of fear of the state. I'm being good because of fear of you and yeah, everybody yeah. else. Yeah. We're all keeping each other in line. Uh-huh. But they haven't got to do it. They haven't uh-huh. got to be violent. Yeah. We'll yeah. keep each other in line. Mm-hmm genius mm-hmm. genius in how to control people it's evil but it's yeah. genius uh, I, i'm i'm fascinated with uh how communist states well you know for example the you know, north korea has been in the news lately yeah um i've 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 you know recently because of they've been in the news naturally i've you know done a lot of research on sort of north korean culture and, and governance it's uh nice fascinating uh, i mean just the the secrecy 
around yeah. it how how little information you 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 can you can gain on that country they're very um, good at it they're very aware of their appearance to the mm-hmm. people and the people are very aware of their appearance to mm-hmm. the outside world yeah so there's a documentary on netflix where the guy just goes in and, and videos mm-hmm. um and the way i guess he does it is he vi- he's videoing them setting up for the video mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that it's trying it's supposed to be a realistic documentary but mm-hmm. essentially he already has the cameras on and he yeah. keeps that footage in of when they're setting up yeah and they'll like do a family meal and they'll say something and they'll be like oh let's do that again and yeah. then they'll say it in a different way yeah. with a different intonation yeah and that's what the documentary is yeah. so inside you're just seeing jesus christ like the people are aware of how they need to come across yeah. in order to not rat each other out yeah. to the government. Wow. So it's just so... Oh, it's mental. It's yeah. so secret in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like a fiction story. but um, It's crazy. Yeah, it's like a I, film. I, re- I read something yesterday, Kim Jong-un, whenever he's um, being escorted or, or, you know, when he goes out for dinner or, or, you know, leaves his house anywhere, he's circled by seven concentric circles of armed men protecting him at all times seven concentric circle uh, circles of people when he's out in public i bet a bird could still <laughs> shit on him <laughs> from the top he didn't think that Me- mess up his nice haircut yeah mess up that <laughs> fucking crazy guy mess up his haircut yeah it's actually not a bad haircut to be fair <laughs> i heard it's better than yeah. donald trump's <laughs> yeah <laughs> better than theresa may's as well ah. <laughs> yeah Shall we wrap this up? We've done two hours. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap this up, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. It was uh, fun. It was great. We'll yeah, it's been a again. pleasure. I've, I've learned a lot. We'll do this again sometime. 100%. We'll get like monitors and stuff so we can throw some crazy shit up <laughs> about those uh, US government stuff, man. Yeah, maybe get some UFO conspiracies up. Yeah, we'll get deep. <laughs> we'll go deep into the conspiracies, man. Thank nice. you. No, that was thank great. you. It's been a pleasure. Really interesting conversation. <laughs>